When do we ride to Jerusalem? 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 When do we? It says repeat many times. I'm doing it. Ride to Jerusalem. When do we? want to know why are you obsessed with fighting times and fates you can't defy if you knew the path we're riding you'd understand it less than i what's up buzz tell me what's happening all right all right welcome Too. We're here. Is this a metaverse Welcome. podcast or a no, Jesus it's podcast? Not yet. Jesus Christ, oh. man. This is the infrequently updated podcast you probably <laughs> thought was dead. Uh, called Science or Whatever is the name, sir. And it's now officially now the new premises because we only had one episode and here's the thing about one episode of a podcast it's one data point and if you're familiar with the difference between a point and a line there's no pattern yet so anything we do now is valid fuckers so it is with a total sense of internal integrity and consistency that i say this is science or whatever the show where we talk about whatever science related thing griffin wants to talk about so last time we talked about Newton in quarantine, uh, and this time, what are we talking about? My co-host, who's with me as always, Griffin Rowell. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so the metaverse. The and, metaverse. And I just want to point out that we have been planning this bef- from before Mark Zuckerberg ruined the metaverse. So oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very this worth isn't just like out. this wasn't just like some cash grab that we came up with in the last two weeks. But but, but we can- are squatting on the domain name Meta, and he can add us about that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, there was some pushback. Abe and I had to dither and dilly dally about this because. I don't understand the metaverse enough to know why it's important, but that actually made it, we realized, a perfect topic for this show. And Griffin felt that it was such a vast and vital topic that it would take multiple episodes <laughs> to cover. So buckle in. This is part one of an epi- uh, of a series on the metaverse. So Griffin, first and foremost... Well, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to say we analyze science topics uh, in two segments on this show. The first segment, of course, is a chronological acapella duet redoing of Jesus Christ Superstar. And then the second portion is the meat of the show. Yeah, Yeah, which is what we're getting into now. So we're into the meat of the show. Griffin, um, what gives you the right to talk about the metaverse? I like to ask (laughs) why you because you don't appear on any of our other podcasts, just the science one. So yeah. for people who are just joining us, why uh, are you here to talk about the metaverse? Well, I mean, I think uh, rampant, uh, is it nepotism? I guess it's cronyism, although I can, I can cronyism, say you a, fam- a family yeah. member. But um, that's the reason why uh, you've given me inordinate power to just come up with whatever <laughs> topics I want. Um, but as we now know, this is going to be a hugely important topic for the uh, future of technology. And, you know, I'm, I'm personally a, uh, a, ki- a kind of, I guess, warlike ape. And uh, I see this as, as, as the next great maybe battle for humanity and our identities. Um, and we'll go into all the different facets of that over the next four episodes. I think we have planned right now. Um, I quit my normal day job in June and I have basically just thrown myself into this world. And I want to be humble about that and say that I'm still very new to it in both the, uh, you know, the the crypto space and also the metaverse Mm -hmm. space. It, It will go into a lot of this, but it already has a very rich history and um and i'm still learning so what why am i the person here it's because i know you um and and i'm i'm doing my due diligence uh but i want to over the next episodes i want to also direct people towards towards the people who have been building 
uh, this for years in the past already. Well, did you see the big short? Yeah. The the Christian Bale character, I think of you as like, of this, as the, like the Christian Bale, at the end of that movie, they're like, you know, the Christian Bale character predicted it all. Um, he says water now. And I'm like, oh, snap. I guess water is the thing. And uh, in my life, you're a person very much like that, who you've often taken big swings and they've usually connected. And you've had, you've just achieved so many things that I take heed when you say, I'm revolving my life around this now. So you started by saying, we know that meta is the future. And you s- ended by saying crypto something. Whoa. I, I'm here to represent the people who don't know. You, you're you over assuming when you say we know. So I think we got to start with. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, what, that's the first Daddy, topic. Daddy, what is the metaverse and... Well, first of what, all, how, what does it have sin. to do with crypto? Uh-huh. Is, you've committed a, a grave sin Why? by saying you, you, but that meta is the future. And meta is the shortening oh, the of company. metaverse that Facebook right. has co-opted as meaning the metaverse. The metaverse um, is the future. And is is it just a persistent shared virtual social hangout environment? Am I right about that? I feel out of touch. Well, let's let's go through it. Let's go through it. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of news articles kind of going over this first little bit here, but let, let's let's rehash it for people who haven't um, who haven't heard it. So, so really, I start the story with William Gibson in the Neuromancer novel. Um, he coined the term cyberspace, actually. Um, mm. I guess actually before Neuromancer, there was a story called Burning Chrome, but uh, he defines cyberspace. Have you read it, by the way? Which Neuromancer? I've never read I just Burning... read Neuromancer. Oh, I, yeah, pretty Neuromancer. Bad. You said it's pretty bad? Pretty bad. Oh, my God. No, it's like, like cheesy. It's like dense, overly yeah. jargony sci-fi. Well, yeah, yeah. And the adventure part still has some holdovers from the like Flash Gordon sort of. It's It's very melodramatic. Agreed. Agreed. It did invent the idea of cyberspace, so good. Yeah, visionary, uh, not super fun to read, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a really good quote in there that cyberspace is... Oh, it's also the grandfather of cyberpunk, too. So I love cyberpunk. Well, we wouldn't have Snow Crash without it, and Snow Crash is maybe my favorite book behind Sirens of Titan. Okay, well, don't get ahead of yourself there, bud. All right. Um, So cyberspace... The definition of this is a consensual hallucination experienced daily by billions of legitimate operators in every nation, a graphic representation of data abstracted from banks of every computer in the human system. So that was a quote from Neuromancer, uh, and that's pretty much what we're building on when we talk about cyberspace and the metaverse in general. Um, but, But Neuromancer was pretty bad about fleshing out any details it's more like a tron kind of thing where he's kind of like going up against pyramids of ai and whatnot um so snow crash by neil stevenson (gasps) is where the metaverse begins and what 1992 i should have written that down i think it was 92 i don't know i didn't consult your notes because i haven't had time so this is fully organic but yeah snow crash I have said this before, and I'll say it now. So good. Highly recommended read. Not dense. Incredibly engaging and thought-provoking. So Super good. Let me push back on you then. You said you represent people who don't know about the metaverse. People love Snow Crash. It's about a pizza delivery boy. Futurama and Snow Crash, baby. It's literally about the metaverse. It coined the term metaverse. Oh, well, I didn't know. So here's the thing, though. There's parts of Act 3 of Snow Crash that I don't understand because there's a lot of philosophy that gets very oh, the Sumerian meta. stuff? So good. Yeah, the Sumerian I love cuneiform it. shit. Oh it's my a God, great I book. Love it. I love it. But yeah. I don't fully understand what they're saying about the Namshub and all that stuff. So I just kind of went along for the ride with Snow Crash, and it is a hell of a ride, and I want one of those robot dogs. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should read it. The oh, hero's what? name is Hero Protagonist. <laughs> which is anyway, knowingly stupid he named himself that like 
yeah anyway anyway. Uh, yeah the other main character is yours truly so it's he's in good company but um so this is the thing that this is why we do this and these are the connections i'm hoping to make is that it i do understand it cyberspace is the metaverse because when i put on my oculus rift i go to a home space that Mm -hmm. i could easily that i can use my social apps on is that it is that what we're talking about here um for someone who didn't consult any notes, uh, you're actually playing right into my narrative pretty well. Oh, great! <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, hey. so actually, I want to I want to just like get a little bit nerdy by naming some names when I'm going through this. Um, sure. And there's there's an essay by this venture capitalist named Matthew Ball. It's called "The Metaverse: What It Is, Where to Find It, and Who Will Build It." And uh, it's about a year old at this point. And he goes through, I mean, there are many different iterations of what the metaverse is. And in fact, there is no consensus about what it, what it will be in it, you know, when it's, when it's done, I guess. I don't know if it'll ever be mm-hmm. done. Um, but this one lays out seven rules. And so we can kind of go through them. I think it's a, it's, uh, it, it'll be good to go through the different aspects and uh, it'll probably explain things. So, okay. So rule one is that unlike the home spaces and things like that that we have right now, the metaverse is persistent. Um, And that means that, you know, when when you play a game, there's a server that resets. It It can crash. People can manipulate it to do different things. They can change the rules. And the metaverse is supposed to be an actual parallel world that is running at the same time as the real world and uh kind of a a little a little take on the old koan that i like is that you know if a if a metaversal tree falls in the woods even if nobody's there to watch it it will fall like there it will have it will have a persistent the chips will process the sound waveforms because they have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, sure. and we're going to get into this more in future episodes, but, but think about the implications of that for the, the way that networking happens today, uh, like on a centralized AWS, you know, Amazon server or a data center that Blizzard runs for World of Warcraft or something like that, um, and try to figure out how that will happen. The answer is nobody knows right now, but there are technological trends emerging that... Is it a valid question to ask where we would get the energy for that? Or am I um, dumb? I think with... I, I think it is valid. <laughs> I think valid. you're dumb. No, okay. no, I think it is valid because... Well, well, we're going to get into how these technologies work, but a lot of them use mechanisms of consensus between nodes in a network and Mm -hmm. um uh, that takes a huge amount of energy uh and just data processing in general takes a huge amount of energy so uh it may not be how would it be possible to process that or to to use that much energy uh, or where to get it but how to do that safely and sustainably is probably a Mm -hmm. very good question and one that i am not super well versed the answer to (laughs) but let's say we finally decide globally to harness the limitless power of the sun in an efficient way Mm -hmm. and inventions and breakthroughs are made that are able allow us to do that even more conducively and that's not an issue so what is it a giant server farm that's always on and if it i mean nothing never crashes right so is the idea that if it crashes, everyone's inconvenienced while they repair it, but then the world is on again? <laughs> so you, that's because you're assuming that something is running the metaverse, and I, I would, oh. uh, I would posit that that is not how it will work. But let's save that. Let's save that for another another time. Okay. Um, I kind of got ahead of myself too in that conversation. That rule two is that it's persistent. It won't, it won't mm-hmm. reset or end. And it's synchronous mm-hmm. and live, okay? So all of the players in the metaverse are in a living experience and 
each person will experience it equally. And that's not to say there aren't rules in the metaverse. Like if I go shopping in the metaverse, hopefully mm -hmm. if I, you know, if like Amazon has a metaverse store, you're, you're saying there see... will still be economic inequality in the metaverse. Oh, thank God. Well, <laughs> let's, <laughs> that, that's a good topic. But what I actually was getting at is that I won't see every person in Amazon at the same right. time. You know what I mean? Like how many millions of people are on There Amazon? might be rules of physics in the metaverse. Um, everyone gets same sensory inputs from the thing yeah. right right we all understand right. what we're meaning the the delusion is shared right it is it's a shared yeah. delusion um and you know there may be restrictions right so if you go to a concert in the metaverse a ticket is required to enter the building uh and just like real life you stand outside and you can listen to the music and and potentially see lights and things like that uh those those networking protocols are super complicated and i don't think that we are close to there yet because um, usually the way things work is if you enter a space you'll go to some other part of a server or something and uh based on how many people are there the infamous load and what's screen. happening yeah, yeah it's yeah it's, it, it's it's really difficult to have that kind of continuity um but the next thing is that un unlike the amazon example where you don't see other people there in a public square there's no cap to concurrent users. So just like the real world, I could jam a whole bunch of people into Times Square for New Year's Eve. Uh, mm. In the metaverse, you could have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people all in one spot. And the way that works right now is there are shards of a server. So really on something like um, Fortnite, uh, you know, there was like the Marshmallow concert. Had, I, think, I think it was like 11 million people or maybe more than that even. Uh, and so it kind of looks like the metaverse. So can people therefore occupy, like your avatars can occupy the same point in space at the same time? That's acceptable physics in the metaverse? Is that it what you're saying? It could be, but I would, it depends I on would the probably laws guess, as they're set up. I would guess that there would be um, collision protocols for the avatars. And so you would actually only be able to jam as many people as the space allowed but i think no... in snow crash he uses a clipping error to get in somewhere at some point right there's no reason why you would have to have uh, right. a collision right like if you're in a concert maybe you only want to allow as many people as fit because it's it makes you more in demand but or maybe everyone turns invisible when they enter the concert right. floor so you can just see the band or whatever. Just like Snow Crash, right? Where you're like semi, mm -hmm. you're translucent or whatever until you open At the your black sun and, and, that, or, yeah. and then you're, you're a real person. But the, uh, but the idea is like, this is an actual concurrent use, not a trick of networking, uh, not... Mm -hmm. You know, not people existing on different servers that kind of look like they're in the metaverse, but you're actually you're actually disconnected because of some some uh, abstraction layer that you can't really see or, or understand. And that's a huge problem. It is not solved by any means yet. That will be one. But of it's the... another facet of everyone accesses the same metaverse. Yes. It's kind of part, kind of similar yeah. to rule too. which this actually I don't know if this is a rule on his. Um, it's kind of implied by this, but I'll just take a break here and say there is only one metaverse. It is the metaverse. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's important because all of the giant tech companies, including NVIDIA, which I love, talk about their metaverse a lot of time. Like they have the omniverse and there's a lot of language that makes it feel like one of these companies will be building the metaverse. And just take a take a minute to think about the arrogance of that and the hubris of it and and really internalize what that would mean <laughs> well you're saying because it's like saying the universe cuz the universe by its nature is all encompassing so the metaverse encompasses all those right even if they're it's like how we call it the internet we don't say yeah 
we don't coordinate off. It's like we say television, we say film, we say internet. You're arguing the metaverse is like a medium or a thing that transcends being owned by a single company, right? Is that what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I would say that if someone was successful in building the metaverse that everyone used and they controlled the 90% it that way, of users used to access the metaverse, let's put it that way. Yeah. Then, then that person is akin to a creator god, like a capital G creator god. And that seems well to humanity, not yeah. to any other life forms that may be out in the real universe. Oh, you don't think over time that other life forms would would emerge into this metaverse? Well, you mean are you talking about AI consciousnesses? I I mean, if we're taking this to Jeez. its its conclusion, this is getting crazy. <laughs> But anyways, we're far. That's far off, and and kind of okay. outside the scope of the metaverse conversation. Well, we're, we're having, only but... three rules through, so let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the rule four, functioning economy. Okay, so it's not just. Why does uh, it have to be? Why does there have to be an economy? Screw you, dude. Well, uh, so an economy can have a lot of different uh, mechanisms to it. It could be a communist economy if you want. Um, Market oh, so suddenly you know I'm a communist just because I said <laughs> screw you about. All right, I see. I didn't. Uh, I, if the uh, ham, hammer and sickle fit, I guess. But um, whoa, whoa, uh, hot. Take. That is not the accusation you think <laughs> it is in 2021. But okay, there's an economy. There's a functioning way that resources are. Do Why would resources be limited? However, is my question. So that is like, it's not like a game. Why do we need to have, wouldn't it be a post scarcity society? The metaverse. It could. So I don't know. I think that human psychology will dictate how that works. And right, right now the understanding of human psychology is that people need incentives of different types to want to function within a system and we're seeing and we're going to talk about ah, crypto. But what system acculturated us all and taught us to think that we can't exist without it the and capitalist I, system <laughs> no well this is but what about everything before capitalism i would say what what biology gave rise to the systems that exist if you go if you go right but i never take biology Right, then we shouldn't live in houses. We should, you know what I mean? Or we should always do what biology, like I think it's interesting when people go, well, I'm doing this diet because it's what caveman ate. It's like, okay, well then we should be caving each other's heads in with rocks and shitting in the wherever we are, you know? No, we do, we transcend our biological functions. We're doing it now. <laughs> I'm talking to you with language that we invented. So I feel like by that same token, we have the chance to rebuild the universe from scratch with new laws of physics. And we're going to say, well, we don't want to get bored or too full of malaise. So there has to be an arbitrary system of scarcity so that people will do stuff. I won't. I That burns me up. That grinds okay. my gears. Well, well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you a question. You said we're, we're building a new universe from scratch. Mm -hmm. Why would we introduce artificial scarcity? Let me ask you, who's building it? Yeah, well, hopefully someone benevolent, but probably no, not. No. I'm not talking about who, like, as an entity, owns it or gets the money in the I'm real world. I'm talking about who is literally making the 3D models for this thing. Who's oh right coding all of the different well, functions of the metaverse? There are games like Spore and uh, Spore's a big one. Uh, uh, no Man's Sky is the other one, where which is an ingenious system. They're procedurally generated by the computer and randomized and based on certain algorithmic rules. And there's also a character and terrain creator or whatever in the game. And anything anyone's ever created is added to the cloud's overall database and becomes building blocks for more and more complex. So like it could be created by the players the longer they play it, if that makes sense. And what is the incentive for playing those games? Oh, well, the same reason I play video games now, which is like it is stimulating and engaging to the senses. If there's uh, 
I mean, well, there wouldn't be a story component, so I couldn't feel that my life had been enriched in that way. But I would still say it engages the senses and it's a reward in itself to be creative. I like, dude, we were just talking about how I've worked for no matter what my day job has been. I've worked for 15 years on this dream of wanting to make movies or write video games or in some way tell stories to the public. I have no financial incentive to do that. It is because I enjoy it in and of itself. Like if there, if it was the financial incentive, I would just do media analysis, pop culture analysis, because I'm already established in that. Like what was your incentive for your stint in the Buddhist monastery, Mr. Smart Guy? Uh, well, well, that's, uh, I mean... So I think we're both talking about self-actualization. Are you trying to corner the market on bitter melon, my friend? <laughs> no, no. I think it's an interesting it's an interesting point, but I think it's also, I mean, I'm sorry to say, I think it's very arrogant and elitist just to actually make that point uh, in a lot of ways. To say that self-actualization is something that you can force someone to use um is i think a losing proposition no it's optional i'm saying why can't the people who aren't self-motivated can happily Ah. do nothing isn't that the point of a so of a post-scarcity society is you could be the wally person fat person in the hover chair if you want or you could be captain janeway if you want it's a post-scarcity society that's the point do whatever you want or don't do anything we don't care there's plenty of everything to go around so no skin off my ass (laughs) but see it isn't post-scarcity because none of it exists Someone has yeah, to build well, this stuff. That's a whole. That's different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no. true. And I, and I think that. No, that I, you're right. That's what we're actually talking and, about. That's right. True. And so and so, like, if you do like a Maslow's hierarchy of the metaverse, right? People are going to have to feel safe in the metaverse. They're going to have to feel mm. like their needs, you know, like. But their it's basic complicated needs are by the real pyramid. Like they still have to eat right. when they log off, exactly, and shit right. like that. Yeah. So they'll never be uh, able yeah, to yeah, get rid of that. Me. And then right. if you look at, um, we'll talk about NFTs and stuff, but if you look at the status uh, social signaling of, of scarce objects and things like that, that we can't really do mm. prior to the NFT technologies because you couldn't really own something of scarce nature. Um, that's an important part of human psychology too. Self-actualization is the end goal of all of this, I think. And I think post-scarcity is an end goal and it's one that can't be in the metaverse alone right it's not the only thing we have to get i do agree it's privilege and that we need more focus certainly at the phase of existence we're in at the bottom of the pyramid but i do think it's also a fair point that the point of the maslow's hierarchical pyramid is to get as many people as possible to have the safety and security that they can do things like pursue the frivolous shit at the top of the pyramid, like spirituality, art, and self-actualization. That's the goal of the pyramid. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think I I don't want to say everyone who's interested in this wants that, but I think, I think even the people I disagree with would say that they, they want that all the same, more safety and security and Um, yeah, food when you need it, et cetera. and, And so what that means because we're not all there yet, is that you need a functioning economy to incentivize people to do things like build and create for this world and interact in it. Um, all right, if, so if I've accepted the fourth rule. This feels okay. like AA. <laughs> Each rule it's only, takes it's only a while seven, to accept. Though. It's only okay. seven. We don't have, we don't have a, too, too many. That's more. true. Um, the other, the, so let's do a real, rule five. Man, that one, last one got deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, rule five is that the metaverse spans across all networks. So it will, it'll be a nexus of the physical and digital worlds. Um, meaning that it's not just what you buy or do in the metaverse will stay in the metaverse, but there's definitely opportunities to buy and do and interact in the metaverse that have real world impacts. Um, uh, I th- yeah, right, right, right. Business deal, transactions, um, 3D printing stuff you bought in the metaverse. Yeah. Plenty um, of ways that could happen, I see. Yeah. Definitely a less controversial E-commerce. Than, the, uh, than the economy yeah. one, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, rule six, and this is actually 
One, this is, I think, one of the most important uh, in the world that we're in right now is that there will be unprecedented interoperability. And especially in our digital world right now, that is simply not the case, right? Um, for the most part, World of Warcraft property stays in World of Warcraft. Uh, I think Roblox is a little bit better than most, but um, that's an exception. Every, every digital platform has its own stuff, and you basically are beholden to that stuff if you want to use that platform, It exists right? on their servers that they own, yeah. Yeah, and so there, I'm sure there will be maybe a battle around this, but it might just be that the value proposition of interoperability is so great that no one can really stand in its way. But we have a lot of open standards that we can start to develop for things like 3D models and avatars uh, that should be portable across these worlds within the metaverse, right? So if, if you're on my platform, you look one way, that is the way that you see yourself in your virtual the metaverse yeah. only works if it's all cross-platform right cross-play otherwise to it's the not... extreme degree right, right. for right. sure um that's self-evident as well yes I well might. it should be i don't know if that will be the direction oh, right 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 um, or at least it may ultimately be that but there might be a long phase where it's not that or it struggles to find that or yeah well i think the whole point okay. of me wanting to do this is that it, this is a call to action that we need to be very active in determining what we want this to look like. Otherwise, it will look the way the last 20 years have and a few giant players who will become immensely powerful due to this will control the narrative, which I've already seen in the past couple weeks and the way that this looks. So, oh yeah, it already it's happened to the internet. We're already post that process with and, the internet. And, <laughs> and so we have the chance right now to do this over again and we should we should take advantage of that chance. Um so there's going to be a big test when platforms start to talk about the way they want to do things. I think I saw an article this morning that was Nvidia talking about USD being the uh being like the, the file extension for creating content, 3D content for the metaverse. And USD is a great file format, right? Like Pixar made it, it's, it's pretty widely used. But for news media to be saying this kind of, declaring it um, and, and, and parroting what these giant companies are saying, I think is a, is a kind of a dangerous precedent that we're setting at this right. point. Um, so that's my soapbox on that one. Uh, rule seven is that it is populated by content and experiences. So you're talking about like, is it just a social gathering or is it commerce or is it what? And I think we're already seeing that it's all of these things. It's, it's basically anything you can imagine in your head, you can make it. You know, the real world is constrained to some activities, but there there will just there's no no physics constraints in in the metaverse so um. yeah but okay so then the big question to bring us back down to earth is like in life life like can i eat a taco in the metaverse can i is there a tube connected to my mouth is there haptic feedback all over my body do i feel things in the metaverse what are we talking about as far as the hardware rig or is it injected into my brain and i just and it's is it a multi, is it a sens sensory hallucination uh i i or think are we just talking about no, no, my I, vr goggles but more complex no and i and I, vr is actually an interesting topic uh because it hurts people's eyes and makes their tummies hurt eyes. right now <laughs> I, I think i actually like um i like ar a little bit better personally because i want to be able to interact with the real world while out in the metaverse at the same time um mm. i also think it gives you oh so this isn't determined yet it's this not is determined the, the way this looks and, mm. and i mean haptic feedback in this i think facebook is doing or meta or whatever it's called now um is doing a lot of research on haptic feedback and i, I mean you you could foresee a future where you have a haptic feedback suit and you have a 
something connected to, you know you have a tube that sprays chemicals in your mouth and you taste tacos but this then that is a whole that's what i mean is i wonder what degree or if multiple products will exist and it'll exist as a range of degrees but if it's a pod or you have to plug your skull into it then it's it's a whole thing you I, it's interesting to think about the version where it's in your glasses or you can somehow just wear gloves and glasses and you're in it while you're in your house walking around or whatever I would say, personally, I would be very hesitant to go the full Neuromancer Matrix. Uh, we have you, a guess, thing, I, a plug in the back of our head. It, yeah, that's yeah. highly unlikely for humans to I, I want to do that. I mean, we can't even get people to, like, take medicine. Get vaccinated, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I want Mark Zuckerberg connected directly to my actual brain hardware brain, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds good let's do that um don't don't take that don't cut that out of context let's not do mm-hmm. that that sounds terrible um so you know that all this stuff is going to be done by different types of organizations i just want to take one second here to like add a little something you know be giant companies like meta will definitely be part of this individual creators are going to be much more empowered to, to make experiences you know, the small beans metaverse, I'm sure, will will happen. Mm. Uh, and then there are these things called decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. And mm-hmm. this is basically the next generation of, you can call it a corporate structure, but it's much more egalitarian. And uh, it's, it's basically an organization without a head. Everyone has a say to vote. And it's it's much it's like an open source community uh, with with a mm. common goal in mind, and it's and a lot of them have their own cryptocurrencies and things that are used to incentivize action, and they all mm-hmm. some of them control very large war chess treasuries as well. So that's another thing that's part of this metaverse conversation that will become increasingly important over the next uh, you know, number of years as people transitioning to this way of organizing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little less fun than other stuff, but keep an eye on it. It'll be, it'll be good. Um, so we've talked a little bit, but how is, how is all this stuff going to happen? Like we all, we're all used to video games. We're all used to Blizzard owning our stuff. Um, and the concept of NFTs is what makes this possible in a lot of ways. And some people are going to have even within the metaverse community, I think people have uh, some hesitancy about cryptocurrency and NFTs because a, there is a small minority that controls a lot of power within these groups. But it doesn't change the fact that a digital item can now be proven to have come from some place. So up until now... She's saying that's regardless of whether it's used for money laundering by criminals or whatever. It's yeah, still yeah. a new technology well, that provides a function we didn't have before. Right. And yes, people do all sorts of nefarious things with, with cryptocurrency. Crypto, yes. But the underlying principles of, of provenance, of being able to tell where something comes from, and ownership. Uh, you talked about you talked about things resetting and, and being you know, controlled or in some if way, it's, right? If it's housed in a server farm, like if it exists somewhere physically as data on a circuit board, if that circuit board gets struck by lightning, you know, what happens to the metaverse? Is right. the metaverse, can it, can the, or, or is one of the rules, the metaverse must be perfect and uninterruptible or it's not the metaverse, you know? Well, I mean, that is, that was the first, first rule. Um, right, but that's what you hope, but that's not how real world will go. Well, well okay, <laughs> so there are a lot of there are a lot of technology barriers there, but mm-hmm. you could argue, just as you're talking about tasting tacos in the metaverse, that these blockchain technologies uh, distributed, basically distributed internet technologies, will make it so that there are so many nodes that are oh that like the earth would have to be destroyed by an asteroid basically yeah all electricity would have to go out for it to cease to exist and even then i'm actually 
I don't know if the blockchain would cease to exist if all those nodes went out or if there would be a way to recover it. Um, I'm actually, I haven't looked into that. But yeah, what I'm saying is that these NFTs and the ownership that goes along with them basically becomes a common good, right? It would be so funny to me if by sheer random chance, this will this is impossible, but everyone who is a node on the blockchain shut their computer off at the same time <laughs> for well, like yeah, a so... microsecond and it disappeared and it was unrecoverable. That would be hilarious to me. But so that, I doubt that that's possible technologically. No, it's not possible to coordinate. So that's the entire point of the blockchain is you've is you've that it can't be. Yeah, well, it could technically happen, but the amount of coordination and collusion that would have to occur is so like infinitesimally small. That it's as secure that, as we can it, make anything. Right, essentially. right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like the whole premise of Bitcoin, basically, mm -hmm. is you, you distribute it enough so that no no bad actor can really control the outcome of the system. Um, and so just like a quick note about NFTs, because they're, they're, they've become kind of a huge like meme at this point. Uh, and a lot of them may seem silly because they're just like JPEGs basically most of the time. But the underlying technology that is emerging around this stuff is going to have profound effects on digital ownership. And I mean, that will be everything from items within the metaverse to mortgages and housing deeds. It is not, it's not far-fetched to say that anything that, it, that ascribes ownership and a transfer of ownership wouldn't be tokenized at some point. It, I, it's a very... It just lazily drawn cartoons a lion smoking cigars yeah and also that <laughs> okay well that is mostly what i see is just monkeys and lions smoking cigars and, and so it is very easy on like to a stamp dismiss. sized image yeah um but a lot of the projects that are that have become famous like crypto punks and uh and is uh, that the stupid 8-bit one no, yeah, CryptoPunks is the ape at one. Okay, CryptoKitties, so, Bored Apes, all these things. Do you agree with the assessment of many that it that aspect of the use of the blockchain, NFT that is specifically these little art squares, is an MLM, like is a scam. There's, It's too good to be true. You can't have a thing where everyone's getting rich selling nothing and now we're all rich. So who's getting fucked over? Like it has to be, Is it's a scam, right? I mean, just literally buying, investing in one of those because I'm deeply invested in these lion guys smoking the cigars, man. I'll level with you. Was um, that wise? <laughs> so, so I won't say it's a scam because uh, I, th I think so. I went to NFT NYC last week, which is like the big super hype um, NFT conference last week in New York. And I mm -hmm. saw a lot of disturbing behavior that I think is probably pretty destructive uh, to the individuals in the long term because their identities are wrapped up in the ownership that they have over some of these projects. But I don't think that you can say that there's no value to them because a lot of a lot of these things like CryptoKitties and um, CryptoPunks didn't just draw this art or make a very simple video game. They developed the smart contracts and that's the thing that kind of executes automatic transfers of ownership um, on the Ethereum blockchain in the beginning, and now that's just exploding. There are a ton of other blockchains. And so without these very simple drawings, the future that we're talking about here would also likely not be So possible. are you saying the fact that NFTs, or a lot of them, are simple JPEGs that don't take up much file space actually if is this correct stop me if i'm incorrect but it sounds like you're saying that made them ideal as just like units to shift around a billion times to build out and test the blockchain and refine its underlying functions 
In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 And and not. But what I'm saying is, there's some. There is such a thing as real world value, and if you if someone buys a lion JPEG for a million dollars and then sells it for one point two million dollars, I believe in my heart someone in the chain of transactions got fucked <laughs> like <laughs> i just don't believe that that was all good and that value was real and that's all uh, that, on the up and up no and that is i did hear someone uh, a venture capitalist last week talk about the same thing that you can you have this these... money can't just come from nowhere right you guys <laughs> well you have these pr- you have this pricing problem and then you have a value problem and pricing can do whatever it wants but the underlying value of something does not just magically go up as price increases, right? It's so, Beanie Babies, dude. <laughs> it is Beanie Babies in a lot of ways. But Beanie Babies was not building out infrastructure of a new technology as no, it's happening. No, that's a very interesting component, yeah. Yes, and that is something that I think people don't talk about enough, and it makes it very easy to just dismiss this. Um, like if the NFTs are the reason we're building the digital equivalent of mass transit logistics, a yeah. thousand years from now, the mass transit logistics will super have mattered. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't yeah, just look into it a little bit, you know, it's, uh, it's well, super I'm fast. also, I'm also someone who's all for pure artistic things to be valued. I just think a lot of these are so like crypto punks <laughs> it's just not good man well, um our, yeah. i have a friend tyler brown who does nfts and it's changed his life and he's getting rich and i hope he doesn't end up on the ass end of the scam or whatever if it falls apart but um his art's good like his are right, actually right. cool and good and you know but some of them i'm like so they're different it's they're like the equivalent of those jeans we used to have where the Looney Tunes would be in like baggy clothes, smoking a joint if they sold for $8,000 and you're like, why? No, I know, I know. But, but, but there's another component to it too, which is a little bit less tangible. Um, and that's that kind of going back to, I think, I think a lot of this stuff is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the NFT communities that we're talking about. So NFT art is another thing, fi- like fine art, like uh, one-off productions like uh, Tyler does are impressive mm-hmm. and actual, you know, you, you could call them art. That That's way. what I mean. It's He's a real but, artist. Yeah. But so these community, the, these collectibles that they're called also build communities around them. And those communities raise money and they, have a club and they have real world action that's tied to them uh, as well. And a lot of the NFT projects also have roadmaps of product development, right? So instead of people going out to venture capitalists and asking for a bunch of money, you're actually democratizing capital in a way that didn't exist before because it's a new form of crowdfunding that's all blockchain based. Um, So a lot of, there are a lot of, other effects happening um the technology one is the one that i am most interested i think is most uh impressive to talk about because no one no one in the general public is actually hearing about that side of it that these aren't just pictures of apes they're they're actual you know r d uh developments for something totally new Mm -hmm. um yeah so i mean that that is going to be that's going to be a central feature of the NFTs and the blockchain of the coming episodes, and I just want to say like th- this is already a thing that exists in the real world. NFTs are used by luxury brands uh, to to uh, determine provenance. Like uh, I, th- I think is it Gucci or Louis Vuitton. Like they're they're already embedding QR codes tied to. The blockchain in order to prove items are real so this doesn't just have metaverse effects like these are these are already real world uh technologies that are, that are being used. god forbid you don't get a real ugly ass louis vuitton bag with the fucking same pattern that every single thing they sell has on it 
Didn't we corporatized piece of shit? I hate <laughs> I hate this. I hate that it starts with Louis Vuitton and Dolce Gabbana and Gucci doing it, dude. Oh, even worse. You want to hear even worse one? So Dolce mm. Dolce and Gabbana sold a one million dollar. It's called a digiphysical NFT. And mm-hmm. It's a suit. So it's a suit mm. that your avatar can wear in the metaverse. Um, and, and, then, and then you can you also really go to like. Yeah, you can be like go to Milan and they'll make the suit for you, custom made. Okay, um, I like this. I actually, pretty... <laughs> I, I turned it's, around really dude, fast. Well, a pretty nice dope suit, suit, my friend. What uh, did you say? One million? What, they bought it for one million. It was actually bought by a company God. called Boson Protocol, which is trying to make this digiphysical um, commerce protocol a reality, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, dope suit. I'll send you a picture of it. It's pretty, okay. it pretty cool. <laughs> Um, the suit we'll all be wearing in the metaverse yeah so yeah that's uh that's all i had prepared for this first episode just to give a taste of it and i've already kind of like done the punchline of how i feel about this whole thing but you know we're going to talk about the platforms that exist right now and then kind of what these new new fangled platforms might look like in the future and uh and then the possibilities And I'm along to not know what he's talking about so that I can ask the questions you're too embarrassed to because they seem so remedial. And in that fashion, everything will get explained to us and the show will be a huge success. Um, Yeah, this is a little mini series, so we're not going as long as man lately. Frankly, you know what? Write in if you appreciate a nice breezy 50-minute episode. Because lately, every show's been going 90 minutes, and I, I like a variety. So that's good. You told me 45. Be, this show will so be a little feel... shorter. Yeah, yeah, intentionally so. I feel like this show should be a little, like oh. a little tasty treat. Yeah, it could, it could get pretty tedious. So let's. Uh... It could do with a, a set way to like end it. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!